Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Welcome to church, to our family service. You notice the kids are in, and so kids, I promise I'm not going to take uh, a great amount of time today, but I've got a, a message that I want to bring and share with you that is about family life. And uh, whether we like it or not, uh, we all have families. You can choose your friends, but not your family. Uh, But we also want to extend family and the thought of family beyond mum and dad and the kids, that if we consider ourselves to be a follower of Christ, that we are the family of God. As we gather here today, this is your family. As you look around, this is your family. And families are amazing. They're full of of aunts and uncles and grandparents and and, uh, brothers and sisters. And it's an eclectic bunch that comes together. And sometimes they're functional and sometimes they're just not so functional. But God's asked us, and it says to us that we need to work together as a body. So it's important we learn to, to work together. And it's, it's a difficult thing sometimes, I know. Uh, I'm encouraged by the kids and by having family in our life. I think it makes it a much brighter uh, life, it makes it a much better experience when you, you do things together. I've got a slide, if you can put the first slide up. And I noticed this when I was on holidays on a box. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I don't know how many of you may have struggled with this this morning, trying to get your family out the door on time for church. Uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. Uh, it's always the way to go. If you want to try and organize something to meet people uh, because of the different dynamics we have in families and different personalities that are there, people get ready at different speeds. They want to do different things. There are different needs. And so it's definitely the first part of this statement is true. If you want to go fast, go alone. But I know the second part of this statement is just as true. If you want to go far, then go together. Some of the best achievements in my life, the things that I've been able to do, haven't been when I've done it alone, but it's actually been when I've done it with other people, whether it be a team sport, whether it be education, whether I couldn't have got my degree if it wasn't for my wife going back to work and releasing me to go and study. I wouldn't have been able to do so many things if it wasn't for the encouragement of those that are around me who spurred me on to go further. So we need people in our lives if we want to go far. And there's a long race ahead of us. And we'll tire if it's not without other people. And that's what the family of God is about. It's about doing life together, about getting to know those around you, journeying with them uh, through thick and thin, through the, the tough times and through the good times. And but it is a lot of fun. And the great thing is that God has given us a pattern that we can follow to ensure that we keep doing things together. Because he says when we do some things together and when we are in unity together, that it commands a blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to have a blessed life. I want my family, I want you guys to have a blessed life. I want this church to be blessed. I want the kingdom of God to be blessed. And it comes through unity. If you've got your Bibles, you can open to Hebrews 20, sorry, 10, Hebrews 10. 24 and 25. Come on. Let's get a cheer. And I noticed for the first time as I was reading this uh, over the last few weeks that God's actually put a pattern down for us. And if you have raised families, you know that the kids like structure. Uh, Jay was talking about bedtime. They, they, whether or not they, they're ready for it or not, they know that they do know it's coming, Jay. They do know it's coming. <laughs> and they like that structure and the patterns, and that gives them a sense of. Of comfort, It gives them an ability to function within there because they know what the boundaries are. It's no different to any family. And God's laid down a pattern in Hebrews here for us to help us keep unity with each other, to help us to operate with love and also to operate in grace. 
I think they're two of the keys to our Christian walk. They're two of the keys to family life is to keep being able to operate in love and grace. And it says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more as you see the day approaching. Now I just want to highlight five of the, the words that are in here that I think are powerful, that, are, that create a pattern or a flowchart that if we are to apply them to our lives will help us to keep unity within our families and also within the kingdom of God, the family of God. And so Matt, if you pop the first one up for me, the flowchart here behind me. No, not that one, the, the flowchart. That's my dog. He's cute. He's coming up later. The first word is consider. It says here that we are, let us consider. Now when you consider something, you have to think about it. You have to reflect, perhaps study a little bit. And God's asking us and saying here that we need to consider those that are around us. Consider, because when we consider, you don't react, you respond. And response is very different to a reaction. I don't know about you, when you respond to something, you can do it with wisdom. When you respond to something, you can do it with love and you can do it with grace. You're able to step back and take in the big picture. But I know we've all reacted and we all say, because when you react, it can be done in anger. It can be done in frustration. Uh, it can be done because you want to see something done very quickly. But when we react, often we tend to hurt people in our reactions. But when we have the ability to respond, it's a considered response. And then God gives us an action point. He wants us to consider people and then he wants us to spur them. He wants us to spur them on, which is to stimulate, to motivate and inspire he doesn't want us to manipulate. He wants us to motivate and inspire. That's what spurring on is, and that's very different. We are called to inspire those that are around us. I don't know about you, but you think about inspirational people. You get excited to be in their presence. You enjoy that. You, you look up to them. You want to actually draw in. If someone manipulates you, you probably don't want to hang around with them. And we don't want to be like that. We want to spur people on. And God gives us the direction then also of where we're to spur them and that's towards love and good deeds. If you're not sure of where to go, well, we need to spur people towards love and good deeds. And everyone's different, so that's going to look different for each person. That's why we need to take the time to consider and see where they're at and how we can spur them towards who we see them to be, who we can see the character qualities and the, the traits in them. And sometimes that is very frustrating. It takes commitment towards love and good deeds. It says towards, which infers that it's a, there's a destination. It also infers that we're on a journey to that destination. If you travelled with family, what's the one question when you're in the car that always comes up? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We've all said it. We've all heard it. We're very sick of it if we're driving. We don't like that. Are we there yet? Well, guess what? In our Christian journey, we're not there yet. We are on a journey towards the expectation, towards what God has for us, towards that plan and that purpose. And we all have to understand that we are on that journey because then it allows us to change our expectations. See, when you have an expectation of something, you're, you're assuming that someone's arrived. Now, I've got a daughter, Caitlin, and she's very tall. 
very tall. She's almost as tall as me already and she's 14 years old. Uh, they expect her to be taller than me. That's okay. That's something I've got to work through. Uh, they'll have a daughter that's taller than me. But from a very young age, because she's been tall, people have expected her to act a lot older and act more maturely than she has. But I knew as, as, as her father how old she actually was. And so I, my expectations weren't the same as theirs. And I had to continue to explain this to people that she's actually much younger than you think. And so therefore the behavior you see her exerting is actually appropriate for her age. See, because when we have expectations, as you know, it can lead to disappointments. And that's why if we realize people are on a journey, then we're able to actually respond in love because we considered where they are. And we can respond with grace because we understand they're not there yet. And we're all not there yet. And it returns us to the top of that chart to consider how we can spur them on towards the love and the good deeds. Now, when you get our expectations aren't met and you can get hurt, you can get offended, you can feel let down. I don't know what your natural response is, but my natural response in those moments is to actually step back, to withdraw, or it's to push the other person away. And it says in the word here, it says, and let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. See, if we come up against things that don't please us or expectations are let down, the worst thing we can do is to withdraw is to stop attending, is to not going. And most people stop coming to church not because of God, it's actually because of another person. It's because something has happened there and that's the last thing God wants us to do. He wants us to continue meeting together, to realize that we're all on a journey, we're all different, to operate in love and grace. And that way we'll be able to go far. So many journeys are cut short because we just stop meeting together. Don't stop meeting together. But what are we to do? We're to actually draw close and we're to encourage. We're to encourage one another. If you can pop the, the photo of my, my dog up now, that'd be great. He's very cute. That's Timothy. Who's got a dog? Who's got a dog here who loves their dog? They are the best personal trainers you will ever get. Let me just tell you, you cannot refuse those puppy dog eyes and look at you if they want to go for a walk. You have to get out there. So I've learned very quickly that I can't just avoid my dog and expect the behaviours to happen. I have to actually get out there and I have to spend time with him and I have to walk him. And uh, I have these expectations for, as you probably do for your dog, that he's going to, to come when I tell him to come, that he's going to walk without pulling on the lead. He's not going to jump all over people and lick them to death or try and bite them. He's not going to dig holes in my backyard. Uh, he's, he's, he's going to play nicely with all the other dogs. He's going to be a perfect example of what a, a canine should be. But... Do you think he's there yet? Absolutely not. He's seven months old. He's a Kelpie Rottweiler cross. He has lots and lots of energy and lots of strength, and he's only getting stronger. And so I thought I need some help. And so we went along to puppy school, and guess what they told me? They told me to, no, they didn't tell me to, to, to pull on the lead and pull him back to get angry at him and growl at him or, or hit him or, or withdraw things from him or just leave him out in the backyard. They said, you need to encourage him. When he does something that's good, you need to say, well done. And I have said good boy about a million times in the last seven months, probably two million times. And when you first start saying that, they say, don't look at the bad behavior, but look for the good behavior. Because all I was seeing at the beginning was all the bad things that he was doing. Now, if we wanted to learn to encourage each other, we have to actually stop looking at all the negatives and we have to start looking for the positives. And when I first began this journey with Timothy, I call him Timothy because he's tiny Tim, he's going to be a big dog. When I started this journey with Timothy, I was having to encourage him every five or six steps, looking for something good. Because often he'd pull and then all of a sudden he'd get to the right 
where he wasn't pulling the leader to be a bit of slack. Good boy. And he'd look at me and he'd go, oh, that's awesome. I have to give him a treat. And I'm thinking, why do I have to give him a treat? Why do I have to? You should just do this. But he didn't. But you know what? As I encouraged him and as we started walking around the block repeatedly and then I could cross roads and it was just taking him on this, on this journey, he started to respond to all of the encouragement I was giving him. Now I can let him go and he'll return to me at full bore. When he comes, he won't jump up on me anymore, but he'll, he'll want the pats. He will sit for his dinner and he'll wait until I say go. That was pretty impressive because when he first got there, he would just scoff his food. But you know, it's no different for us. We need to learn to encourage each other along. We need to realize that we're on a journey there and it's not easy to look for what the positives are in our lives. To look for the encouragement because I know that every one of you can see good in others. You can see what's called potential. That's a dangerous word, potential. We see the potential and we get frustrated when people don't fulfill it. We get frustrated when those around us aren't getting there as quickly. But you know what? Rather than get disillusioned, we need to encourage because I say this to the kids and the youth leaders, we need to lend them our belief because often people can't see it in themselves. You might be able to see it, they can't, they need to hear it. They need to hear it not just once, not just twice, but they need to hear it over and over again because this world is actually full of the negative. And studies show that for every negative word you get, you need five encouraging ones to overcome that. So we need to be, as a family of God, encouragers. We need to be those that spur others on, inspire them once we've considered where they are on the journey towards love and good deeds. Don't stop meeting together. If you put up the last slide for me, that would be fantastic. This is a Zig Ziglar quote. I like Zig Ziglar. And he says, People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. I would switch that word out, motivation, there for encouragement. People often say that encouragement doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why I recommend it daily. We need to daily encourage those that are around us, those that we meet. Make it become a habit. So it's just something you do. It's not easy. Let me tell you, it's not easy because people are still going to frustrate you. They're still going to let you down. But rather than look at it and think it's a problem with them, look at it as what's the expectations I have for them. Is that realistic? How can I actually encourage them? That's why the Bible says we need to encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, then we've got to learn to go together. And when we start to change our words to become words of encouragement, of empowerment, then you're going to start seeing your family change. You're going to start seeing your world change. Then we're going to be a light. People are going to want to be part of this because they're going to be full of encouragement. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. We thank you for the family that you've placed us in. We thank you that you've put us here, Lord God, to do life together. And I just pray, Father, this week, this month, this year, that you help us to see other people, to see you in them, what you've placed inside them, their plan and their purpose, Lord God. Help us to consider where they are in their journey, to spur them on towards love and good deeds, towards who you've called them to be. Let's not give up, Lord God, because you didn't give up on us. You've given us everything we need. You're our encourager. Let us encourage them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. 
If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.